Hi, this is Adina, here with today's episode of Wonder Your Way to Brilliant, podcast show of Courage to be Curious. This entire year of 2020 is dedicated to exploring and asking productively curious questions. Honestly, there is no simpler or better tool to facilitate positive change in our lives, relationships, and in our workplaces than learning to ask and answer more productively curious questions. So let's dive right in to today's question and today's full episode. Today's question is from the love deck, love with the courage to be curious. The love deck, as a reminder, has two parts to it. It has questions that support us in developing our own self-love, love of self, and then questions that are designed to support how we care well for others in our lives, how we learn to love others in the way that they most prefer and that they most need to be the best version of themselves. So today's question is from the first half of the deck. It's from the self-love deck. And it's one of the questions, I know, you'll probably hear me say this every single week, it's one of the questions I think is so important, one of the most important questions in the deck. But of course, that's what these decks are filled with, are some of the questions that I think are so important, most important to ask ourselves, to be able to live authentic lives, to be able to live lives of self-love and confidence in the world. So yes, I love this question too. So today's question asks, if every person is a one of a kind, what makes you uniquely and brilliantly you? Once again, if every person is a one of a kind, what makes you uniquely and brilliantly you? So the reason I think this question is so important is because Most of us are born, and when we're very little, we kind of don't even have to be conscious of it. It just happens naturally that we go about expressing ourselves in the way that we're uniquely us, and we're two or three or four, and you know, we do whatever it is that we do, and we don't have a lot of self consciousness about it. We don't have a lot of questioning about whether it's the right thing to do or it's what the socially acceptable thing is to do. We just do it because we're born, most of us, not in every situation, but most of us are born freer that way. And we go about just expressing ourselves, running around naked if we went around naked and singing if we want to sing and drawing all over if we want to draw all over or whatever it is that it turns out to be, collecting stones or digging holes. And we don't think about, is this what three-year-olds are supposed to do? We just do it. And then what happens is we enter the world and we enter into these social constructs, right? Maybe we go to preschool or school or we get together with cousins and other families and things like that. And suddenly we can, we start to be surrounded by some other kinds of constructs. We're also surrounded by people many adults, but also can be older kids, who've started to develop these notions that maybe there are certain ways that we're supposed to be. And they start conveying that and sharing that. Oh, well, that drawing's not very good. You really shouldn't draw. You don't know how to draw. Or something like, you know, oh, you really don't sing very well. You're, you're tone deaf and you'll, you'll never get a part. 
or, well, you really, you know, fumble around with a basketball, maybe you should pick up uh, knitting, <laughs> you know, what, however it is that it comes. Sometimes it's very overt like that. Sometimes it's much more subtle. Like we're very excited about something and someone gives us a little smile and says, that's nice, honey, you know, and then sends us along our way and we interpret that. Or maybe just in the attempt at schools to kind of keep us all in a classroom and doing things certain ways, different inclinations get less energy and support for them and we get molded into or shaped into something that feels more normative. It happens virtually to everyone and virtually everywhere because the way that organizations and systems work is by molding and shaping people into some level of normative that can follow some kind of a schedule or a regimen and keep things in order. So it's just what happens, right? It happens in families, it happens in schools, it happens in workplaces. And suddenly this incredible sense of freedom to express and be unabashedly whoever we are that we may have had in very young childhood it starts to melt away and it starts to hold back and it starts to be shaped by the external world. And then if we're, you know, like many people, we start to think that that's what's supposed to happen, that there is a certain way you're supposed to dress or a certain way you're supposed to talk or a certain way we're supposed to navigate things. And we then turn from this place of free expression to looking outwardly for validation that the things that we're choosing are right or make sense or acceptable. And so for many people that happens, the clothes that they wear. And so some of us will gravitate toward looking more normative. Some of us, if we are trying to rebel against a normative culture, go for something a lot more dramatically different or hang with a crowd who does it more dramatically differently, although perhaps still not true to ourselves, just different. But we look around and that can affect everything from our clothes to our hairstyles to the way we decorate our houses and things like that. I also see it online all the time. One of the most popular ways to write a blog article is to begin with something that says, you know, the six things leaders need to think about and do every single morning or the seven ways to have the strongest marriage that will last the test of time or the 10 ways to, right? They have found that if you start a blog article with some kind of magic number of things like that, you'll get a large readership on it. And so we get all of these kinds of things out there that purport to tell us that there's a very specific way to make the marriage work, to be the artist that you, you know, to be an artist the way an artist should be, to be a leader the way a leader should be, to whatever it is, that there is some kind of rule book and there is some kind of formula. And if we just follow it, then we too can achieve these great things that other people have achieved. And if we achieve those, then we will be successful and perhaps even they say happy. So I have a problem with all of this. And, I have a pro and the problem that I have with it actually does stem from having read perhaps hundreds of these blog articles or looked outside of myself for validation for many, many years and tried to see how am I supposed to be in order to be right, in order to be the acceptable version, in order to be successful, in order to be happy. So I 
followed these things. I read these things. I looked for the holy grail and the secret formula. And I did all of those machinations for a long time, only to discover that the, the answer for me wasn't in any of them. What it did is it only heightened my own sense of comparison to others and typically left me feeling less and less than. So less than of myself or that I measured up less than everybody else. So I did this for many, many, many years and it never led to success and it never led to happiness. One of the things I did during that time as a coach is I would sign up for coaching programs where somebody would say, I have the secret sauce. I have the magic formulas to how you get clients. I have the magic. And if you're in the coaching world, many of you are not, but if you're in the coaching world, one of the biggest markets out there in the world of coaching is people selling secret sauce strategies to coaches. And so every single one of them will begin the same, which is everything everybody's been telling you is wrong and I have the secret formula. So back in my early days of coaching, I signed up for many of these as well and figuring that if somebody had figured out the secret formula that I would learn it and then I could be as successful as they were. And again and again, I would encounter the same thing. I would encounter the fact that none of those things actually really made me any more successful. They typically made me much more frustrated and perhaps even, and just drained my financial and energetic resources. Because in the end, as I started to do, become more productively curious about myself, I realized that nobody else can have the secret sauce formula for how I work. Nobody else can know what are the things that are going to bring contentment and joy into my life. Nobody else can know exactly what's going to make my relationships blossom. Nobody else can know exactly how I should be a leader. So it's not, the problem was not that the things that wrote, people wrote about didn't have value. Because the sharing of ideas and experiences has a lot of value. The problem was with the way that I read them, the lens through which I read these things. The lens through which I was reading or listening or observing these things was as though all of the answers to me lied out there and I had to just go in search of them and find them out there. And that was the problem. There's a lot of information out there and a lot of experience out there that can help be informative and help fuel my curiosity and my own self-exploration. But in the end, my secret sauce for my own contentment, for my own success, for the way in which I can be the best leader that I can be, for the way that I can fully express myself in the world is going to be a one-of-a-kind formula. It's going to be mine, and I'm going to have to create it. And so when I was able to shift my lens from thinking that someone else had the answer and I just had to work hard enough to find it, to believing or beginning to cultivate the belief that I had the blueprint for being me, 
these other pieces of information may help me to interpret it, give me things to test out and try, but that ultimately I have a unique blueprint that's just me. It's on me to figure it out. And I can use the rest of the world as a springboard for my curiosity and experimentation, but that the ultimate responsibility for figuring it out and naming it and living it is mine. And it's led me to this metaphor, this way of thinking about the world, about people in the world, which is I like to think of all of the humans that exist in the planet. And I'm willing to accept other planets if there's life forms on them as well that can participate. But let's just stay on Earth right now. That however many billions of people there are in the world, that every single one of them is designed with a unique blueprint. Like pieces in a puzzle, a big jigsaw puzzle, there's some that look the same, some that have the certain number, you know, that are shaped similarly, but just because I have a similar shape, but my color is going to be different or something might be very slightly different, but each piece in a puzzle only fits in one place. Each piece of a puzzle is by definition of unique, is by definition unique or the puzzle doesn't work. And I like to think of our humanity as a massive puzzle and each of us as humans as puzzle pieces. And when each of us really learns how to be us, when we figure out what is uniquely and brilliantly just us and we live that, then the puzzle starts to come together and take shape. And what our job is to figure out which puzzle piece we are and how to be most vibrantly that piece and not try to replicate or emulate another piece because then the puzzle doesn't work. Imagine a jigsaw puzzle that had 2,000 pieces but where a quarter of them were all the same. We'd never be able to do it. The pieces would never fit together. They would never create the beautiful image. So the invitation this week is to really sit with this. If every single person is a one of a kind, what makes you uniquely and brilliantly you? And how can you allow that uniqueness and that brilliance to come into sharper focus and to shine ever more brilliantly. So if you are a subscriber to my newsletter and the weekly emails that we send out to make the offering of this podcast, I offer explicit exercises that you can do in order to explore these kinds of questions. And I will certainly be doing that this week. So if you want to make sure that you get that, as soon as you've listened to this, go to couragetobecurious.com backslash podcast, add your name to the list, and in a couple days you will get sent that email that has the exercises that you can do in order to be able to productively pursue this really powerful question 
to cultivate this sense of self-regard and self-love. And the reason there are self-love cards in this deck is because the miracle thing that I have discovered and I have certainly seen again and again in the people who have such a strong practice and sense of self-love is that the stronger our own sense of self-love is, the more of it we can release into the world, the more of it we can release into our relationships, into our work, into our passions. And that that, in fact, is what helps things to become brighter in our world. The more we love ourselves, the brighter our world becomes, the more loving our relationships feel, and the more excited we are about the things we do in the world. So thank you for exploring this question once again. If every person is a one of a kind, what makes you uniquely and brilliantly you? Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you want to experience the full game-changing potential of the questions we explore, be sure to add your name to our mailing list at www.couragetobecurious.com. Our subscribers receive weekly notification of the podcast along with specific tools for using these questions on a daily and weekly basis to create positive and powerful impact. As always, the questions we explore on the podcast can be found in our Live, Lead, and Love with the Courage to Be Curious card decks that are available at liveleadlovecourageously.com. And if you're interested in harnessing the power of productive curiosity for your company or organization, contact us about scheduling a professional development experience. In the meantime, keep wondering your way to brilliance.